ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 52. What's 52, Keishi? It's the number of weeks in a year. No? Oh, that's true. That means this is the this is the episode that makes us officially have been doing this for, for one year. I haven't thought about that. Well, huh. I won. Hmm. Oh, yeah, because we did take mo- multiple breaks in um, throughout 2020. I think we missed a few episodes because I was sick or you were traveling. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so this is uh, without, we just, we, we just noticed it now. Yeah. So, so had we not taken a break, um, this would have been also the one year anniversary of the podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait until like episode, what, 100 to celebrate the next milestone. 104. 52 is an untouchable number since it is never the sum of proper divisors of any number. Uh, okay. Oh, it's also the number of playing cards in a deck of cards. Oh, you should have known for, that. Yeah, for all the poker fans out there. All right. Well, that being said, uh, the topic of today is we're going to do a goal recap since um, we didn't do one last time and we're already into June. So we, we're going to talk about goals that we set back in May and talk about uh, the results as well as what are our goals for this up- upcoming month or this, not the upcoming, this month that we're already in now. Awesome. Cool. But but I guess we should start with drinks. Yep. So what are What's your drink of the day before we yes. jump into this podcast? Yeah, so my drink today is um, afternoon tea. I think you've seen them before. It's a pretty common brand of um, of bottled tea here, bottled iced tea. Also boxed tea, I think. Yeah, it could be. Um, and um, this is some sort of a special edition. It's using strawberries from Kumamoto, which is the prefecture in the south of Japan. Mm-hmm. And it says afternoon tea for happiness 2021. So it's the 2021 edition? Yeah, it's interesting. I saw it for the first time now. It almost looks like a, um, it almost looks like something you would introduce in January, not in what is it now, June. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you get it? In the local supermarket. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, what about the taste? Uh, let me try. I'm trying to read what it says at the bottom. Oh, it's really good. You can actually really taste the strawberry taste. Five out of ten. Eight out of ten. Yeah, I think eight out of ten. Okay. On my end, I have uh, this is called escal, or how do you pronounce it? In Japanese, it's like skoru, right? Yeah. But on the label, it's like there's also written in, in romanized letters, S-K-A-L. So S-Scal Mango. Scal Mango. It's a mango drink, but um, it's a mango fizzy drink. As such, you will hear. There. Well, you didn't hear much. Did you? I, I could hear the, the pop. <laughs> I think it's a little light on the carbonation. Like it's not too strong, but the mango taste is very good. I actually had this before, but earlier in the week, and I was like, this is a good one. Nice. I, I, thought, I thought you were staying away from flavored soda, but it, it seems like it's taking control over you. Well, listen, flavored soda, what will we file under flavored soda? Like what, Pepsi, Coke, and all their variations? I, yeah, I wonder how much better this is because this is also 1% juice. Right? Yeah. But but yeah, I, I think I've had this before. I think it tastes really good. Yeah. You can definitely taste the mango, even yeah. though it's 1%. <laughs> and I think the carbonation gives it a nice little kick. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been just too sweet, but it's like a nice combination. Is it? A, is it also a bit like um milky, like yogurt? Tea? No, it's no? pretty much orange on the inside. Cool. Yeah, because I think that I think I saw some of um some drinks by the same brand that were more like um a bit like Calpis. Okay. No, this is thank God this is not Calpis. I mean, I <laughs> Calpis is not bad. It's great sometimes, but <laughs> it's not a drink that I would want to drink every day. Because it's like, what is it? It's like a, a bottle of um, watered down yogurt, you could say. Yeah, in a way. And I think there are, you know, it tastes good. It's not a drink I would refuse, but it's not a drink I would go out of my way to drink, you know, every week. <laughs> yeah. I, unless they have something cool and interesting, I'll give it a try. But otherwise, oh, Calpis, you know, it's like a, 
once every six months type of thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to like um, used to really like Kalpis and um, and Pokariswit. Okay, because I, I guess I never um, they've never sold them in Europe, at least not in Slovakia. At least when I was a kid, I don't know about now. Yeah. Um, so so it was always like something I would look forward to when coming to Japan. It's it's funny because these two drinks, Kalpis and Pokariswit, they just have the most unattractive names. <laughs> There's a um, on YouTube, if you find the video, there's Conan O'Brien went to Japan, I think in 2018 or 2019. Yeah. It might have been 2018. I actually ran into him. I have a picture with him <laughs> by luck. But like um, one video he did like was on the vending machines and yeah. Japanese drinks. And he's just like, you know, Calp. <laughs> no, not Calp. It was like Pocari Sweat. <laughs> what the hell is Pocari Sweat? And like, you know. Who is Pocari? <laughs> it, it tastes what it sounds like because <laughs> it's salty, but. Yeah, so I guess it's one of these things that you got to be in Japan and you got to yeah. be here long enough to understand. Otherwise, it's like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, exactly. Bacari sweat is essentially a summer drink. So it um, has the sodium and the electrolytes. And yeah. There's also Aquarius, which I think is pretty yeah. very similar. There's also Dakara, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch nowadays. But yeah, Bacari sweat is like the... Well, most well-known one, I think. It's the legend. Just the fact that it has sweat and Picari sounds like an animal. Of <laughs> so, um, so I guess we're talking about goals today, let's say. Yeah. And well, perhaps yeah, well, today's with June 6th. Monday was May 31st. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess it's time to face the truth. Yeah. So um, do you want to start? I think last time you said, um, when we were setting goals for May, you said you would write four articles for, for a new site and eight articles for old site, for, or for main site. Yeah. And then I think you also promised a lead magnet. Uh, for email, right? Yeah. Well, so, let me... Okay. So to send you my proof, one, I'm, I'm just sending these stuff. It's, um, four for the new site. Oh, you sent you sent me the same one twice. Is that trying to cheat or is that, is that a mistake? That's, not, that's a mistake. <laughs> uh, what did I send? I did this. Three and four. So that's for the new one. Uh, I think I have to like... I rushed the last one out. I was trying to put like Amazon... Um, product uh links for all of them yeah but for some reason like the code is in there but for some reason it doesn't show so i wonder if there's like a limit as to how much amazon embed codes you can have on your website or on a certain page because i have them for all the brands like the products that are listed in one of the articles yeah but they're just not showing so so that's that's one right and then i promised eight on my main site so let's send you five here and then i three more right yep okay Oops, oh, my math is not. And I think I have four. Wait, let me. See. But one of these is published in July, uh, in June. So oh yeah, ignore that. So there you go. Four. Oh nice. And four on the other one, so it's eight. That's awesome. Because I, I think I, I remember saying that. Um, I remember your original number being a bit lower than this, and then yeah. Then well, the thing, the issue was I had a deadline. This is a mistake I, I made, but whatever. Uh, for one of my writers, I you know I told them. I told you I gave them a deadline of May 31st. And since they're in European time, <laughs> their May 31st is my June 1st. So obviously they would have never yeah. given me enough time to uh, and uh, like post up all the four articles, even if they delivered it at, say, May 31st <laughs> and PM my time, you know, it would have been a lot. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to take some drastic measures. <laughs> I, have, I have a type of article template that can work if scaled to other languages. Yeah, so I just uh, copied and pasted that and made some minor <laughs> um, changes and added affiliate links, and that was it. So that's the way, I, you know, I, it, not ideal, but I hit the goal. But you know, the whole the whole thing was like I was thinking the whole point of these like um, stretch goals is to 
sweat a little bit and feel uncomfortable because I definitely lost sleep for a few days. Cause, yeah. Although I also did like for like the first half of May, I didn't do much in the first place. So um, it's on me. I could have done it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's like the articles that you sent me, I think they're all published in the last week and a half or two. <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? The Pareto principle or whatever? The word yeah. expands into the time that you have. Well, that was the thing, like, because I would assi- I assigned them to the writers and I gave them like a, a deadline that's kind of close to the month, to the end of the month. Yeah. And that's how it <laughs> kind of happened. So I hit my goals. I didn't do the uh, email lead magnet one, as you can obviously tell. I ran out of time. So it's yeah. uh, two out of three goals. And that's good, I think. those two goals already were above and beyond what I usually do. Yeah. And, and, and I also think the most important ones, especially for this content side, is obviously publishing content. So if you... If you hit those, then you can sleep with sleep in peace. Yeah. Uh, and there were days where I did not sleep peacefully because I, you know, I was up until two a.m. <laughs> doing the stuff. And yeah, that's it on my end. How about you? Yeah. So on my end, um, I promised I would go back to publishing nine times a week across my three sites. Um, that I'd finish or get close to finishing some of the client projects that I have going on. Um, that I'd write an article for my aviation site. That I'd oh. move the new site along. That reminds me. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Keep going. Um, that, I'd, that I'd do internal linking on two of the smaller sites and that, I'll, that I'd um, start optimizing my website for the, for the upcoming um, Google Core Web Vitals update, so mm-hmm. the page experience update. Um, I guess I've, in a way, I guess I hit more than I thought I would because um, I continued publishing. I, I think I skipped um, an article or two on, on my smaller sites, mm-hmm. so I didn't necessarily go for, for nine times per week. Um, and I also decreased the number of articles I publish on my biggest site from seven to to, um, to five a week for the last few weeks. So um, all in all, I published 38 new pieces of content across the month, Okay, which um, is not bad. Um, and, and I guess even though I scaled down to five per week, um, it's still typically two per week on the, the other sites. So um, I guess that's what add, adds up to nine. So um, yeah, and I... I'm just looking at my spreadsheet and it seems like I have 700 articles published across the, the three sites um, in total right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the client projects, so one project where I'm um, writing a website for the client, aviation mm-hmm. related, um, that one's kind of coming to an end. So um, I should be submitting them the last, um, the, the package. Um, was that part of the goal? Yeah, I think my second goal was finish oh. or get close to finishing ongoing client projects okay. successfully. I, I feel like that's, is that... I'm not I'm just wondering where that falls under in terms of being whether it's a side hustle or it's like a, the main thing, you know? Yeah, I, I guess for me, everything's a side hustle and everything's the main thing. So yeah. it's, it's a bit hard to, to determine. But, um, but, but I think they were kind of the things that were also um, taking up a lot of my time mm-hmm. um, for anything to spend more time on the websites, I guess. Um, yeah, so, so that was coming to, I think, successful end. Um, the other project, there's, there's a bit of hiccup that I'm trying to resolve, as you know, we might talk about that in some future episode. Yeah. I think it would be an exciting thing to talk about one. Um, as for the article on my aviation site, I started writing a review of one of the hotels that we stated recently. And uh, I've got maybe halfway through, so I, I didn't hit that one. Mm-hmm. Um, move new site along. Um, I've I've picked two or three writers that I want to work with um, regularly. So I got, I got to get back to them maybe this week or next week and, and start assigning them more articles. Um, I also set up the site. I mean, I'm in the from the technical side, the, the infrastructure. So the WordPress is up now. I bought the domain. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's, it's ready to go and it just needs some of my input. Um, and then the interlinking on the two smaller sides, it's something that I keep pushing off, but that I should definitely get to soon because it's, it's really important for those two sides, I believe. 
just like uh, running through your existing articles and seeing where you can link to other articles. Yeah, exactly. And I think I've been promising this for the last six months. Months, but um, but it's, it's one of those things that's really easy to to kind of delay because it doesn't have any visible immediate impact. I think it's easy to do when you're putting out new content. So like while you're editing and you know posting it up into WordPress, you can quickly see like oh I can link X to Y or X to Z. And that's how I usually do it. Yeah, on, on on my big side, I usually have um, I essentially go back once a week, and in my database, I have like a checkbox that says internally linked, and then mm-hmm. I just go back once a week and do it for all the articles that I published the prior week, and that system works really well. But for the small sites, I never put this system in place, mm-hmm. and I kind of fell behind, and there's like a hundred articles on each or whatever that I need to go back to, and then I'm having a hard time forcing myself to do that. Yeah, but. But but yeah, I'll definitely have to do that. And for the um, for the core web vitals, um, I guess I didn't necessarily do any kind of specific optimizations. But as you know, I switched my um, my hosting for for all my sites. Yeah. So um, I guess you could say that I to to some extent I hit that goal because I I think um, with the new hosting the site speed should improve and and the overall experience should be better aside from the other benefits. So. What's the conclusion? Hit or miss? Most, like for most of them. Because you had quite a lot, but I, I can't, I don't know what your capacity is like. So I can't tell if you actually sweat, you know, sweated and lost sleep or, you know, flexed a little harder than usual over this. Yeah, I, I don't sweat and lose sleep. I think I think I, I grew out of it. I used to sweat and lose sleep, but I, now I'm just like, what I, think, what I get done, I get done. I think then you didn't set high enough goals. I, I didn't hit some of the goals though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the interesting part. And, and I think, that's something we should also perhaps talk uh, on on this episode because I think it's kind of related. And that's I think um, like to, to to what extent should you sweat about your goals, and to mm. what extent should you just be satisfied with what you what you actually get done? Because yeah. again, I, I think that like I, I guess it depends on what we're trying to do. Because if the goal is to publish as many articles as possible, or or to make as much money as possible, or whatever, then I could definitely have done better. I could definitely have worked longer and I could have um, done more creative research. I could have whatever, could have looked for more clients or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, I, I think th- th- there's some limit to that, right? Well, yeah. well, that's why that's why when we do uh, goals, we don't, you know, like every every month we set these goals, but we decide we wanted like May to be a stretch goal on purpose, you know, let, let's have one of these months where we do have to sweat. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess we were trying. I felt to sweat. I'm, I'm just looking at my... I lock most of the hours that ever, probably mm-hmm. not all. But in the first week, I locked 20, second week, 34, then 37 and 29. So, um, it's the four-hour work week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not a 40-hour work week. Um, p- perhaps if I add some of the other stuff, because again, s- sometimes I start a timer, sometimes I don't, j- just to kind of get an idea of where I'm spending my time. Yeah. But um, but but yeah, I, I think um, I definitely could have um, done more work. There's no excuse around that. But at the same time, I'm satisfied i guess with what i've done okay i'm not <laughs> <laughs> is it because it isn't the lead magnet or is it because no 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 i'm not i'm i'm satisfied that i pushed myself and i got you know that i doubled two two of my mo- my my um ongoing goals and i hit them i'm not satisfied that you didn't sweat that's the part i'm like for you <laughs> just go walk in the park I try harder <laughs> which was you know the opposite of what we kind of set for the month yeah i, I guess i i failed that part um although yeah i, I guess Psychologically, the only thing where I sweated was when I was trying to um, to migrate the sites. It was it was really easy in the end, but um, I think there's always that um, that what do you call it stress or anxiety mm-hmm. that um, things go, things go wrong because again it's not like we migrate the sites every day and 
and there's always things that can go wrong. And like, I, I decided to do that at, at kind of the end of the month, or perhaps it was even beginning of July. But um, essentially, um, I, I used to do a setup where I had a server, and then like the developer that I work with kind of set everything up on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it was all kind of in in my court, and I was responsible for everything. But then over time, I guess um, the the thing that kind of started stressing me out in a way is that um, any sort of technical glitch that would have happened, I was relying on a developer who for for whom um, doing this is not the main priority, right? Mm-hmm. And plus, he's in Slack, so there's like a time lag and things like that. And I think like um, if if your site's making like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, then then whatever. Yeah, you but I think if your site goes down for like a day. Yeah, exactly. But I think once you get into the thousands, then it's then it's well worth spending more money just for the well for the peace of mind, but to just for the um, ability to to have somebody else whose main priority it is to resolve your issues um, be there for you. Yeah. Right. So um, as you know, I went with this company called um, RocketNet. I learned with, learned about for the first time. Yeah, and, and the migration in the end was very simple because I just gave them the login to my server and they've done everything for me within a couple hours. That's pretty. So. Um, Pretty convenient. Yeah, exactly. And that made me think, like, um, with services like this, you kind of think that um, a web hosting company is essentially a technical service. But at the end of the day, it's all about customer service, right? Because the technical, the technological part, I guess, it's pretty commoditized. Like, as long as you can install WordPress, then it doesn't really matter yeah. which host you go with. But um, if the customer service just connects you to somebody in, in some random country that doesn't even know about um about how to run websites for for the most part, and it's just like a customer service agent with with no or very limited knowledge, and it can just make for a very stressful experience. I think. Yeah. Versus like this company, they're they're just focused on WordPress sites, and um, they're a bit bit expensive. I think it's like um hundred dollars per month for for the ten sites total. Well, I think at, at your level, it, it makes sense. Like this is one of these things where you know, like you said, if you have a website that earns twenty, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks a month. And clearly at that point, um, that website isn't exactly your main breadwinner. And maybe you like it to be one day, but at the same time, if it goes down, it's like no harm done. <laughs> but in your case, it's, it's at this point, it's a business, it's an asset. And what do you do? You protect your business, protect your asset. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and again, like we always recommend Bluehost at the end of this show. Yeah. And I know there's people that hate Bluehost for one reason or another. But again, I, th- I think for somebody that's just starting, it's... It's a great hosting platform. It's it's pretty affordable. Um, it works just fine. Yeah. In in fact, uh, one of my sites is still running on Bluehost, the one that I started last year. Um, but for the bigger sites, yeah, you, you definitely want to upgrade. And and nobody's saying you should run a big site on Bluehost, right? When when we recommend these things. Yeah. And and, and exactly like you say, it's like at the end of the day, if you have revenues in the, in the thousands, then hundred dollars is is pretty negligible. And and sure, it, it is more expensive. Than, than some other hosting platforms, but if you think about it, hundred dollars per month for for rent that make for a business that makes um, a decent amount in profit every month, it's it's pretty cheap, right? It's a wise it's a wise decision. If you don't do it, it's like it's that you're missing the forest for the trees. You, you know, like someone I I understand that someone out there would be like, why would I pay hundred bucks a month for this? Or I could do this myself and pay, or I can go with company X and pay a drastically lower amount, but. There's, you know, there's a lot of wrong in that thinking. It's like, if you can afford it and if you have the time and if you have the patience, sure. But like, if like in your case, you're running, what, 10 sites at this point? Probably. Yeah, I, th- I think I have seven on the new hosting, but but some of them I'm not even doing anything with. So the point is you have a, a lot of um, proverbial metaphorical balls in the air that you're juggling <laughs> and your attention can only go so far. And at the same time, some of these 
um, balls, <laughs> whatever, these websites are very valuable, you know, your attention can only go so many ways. So like, of course, it makes much more sense to pay someone to look out for these things for you rather than just do it yourself. It's like that way you can shift your attention elsewhere. Whereas the person that's like, yeah, I can do this for 20 bucks a month and I can do it myself and I'll pay less. But they're probably because they're so down in the in the trees and focusing on the details, then they'll never be able to actually scale up. This this type of uh, move that you did, I think, you know, just in the grand scheme and allows you to scale up and allows you to forget and not worry about what if your one of your or two of your websites go down and start losing money. Yeah, exactly. Now you don't have to worry about that. And now you can worry about the higher level things, whereas the cheap guy is kind of still, you know, diddling around with the $20, $100 website, which is, again, nothing wrong. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's levels to this. But once you get to a higher level, it m- makes much more sense to pull yourself out and have someone else take care of it for you. Exactly. And and I think it also comes down to like, I was thinking the other day, because as, as you know, my grandpa passed away on Friday, it's Sunday now. And um, like that, that kind of makes you think, oh, yeah. We're all gonna um, pass away one day, right? And, and and the time is limited. And essentially, the time is the only thing that you have um, that you really have limited when when it yeah. comes down to it. You you can make more money. You can I don't know. You can buy more things. You can do whatever. But but um, at, at the end of the day, we all, all only have uh, 24 hours in a day and 365 days in a year, and and then times however many hopefully decades of of that. Yeah. And, and that really is is the only luxury that you have in life is, is time. And and sometimes I feel like people treat Money as as the premium thing, as as the luxury, and time as commodity. Mm. But I think in reality, it's the completely other way around, right? So, like, why why would I want to um, waste an hour or two hours or three hours figuring out a how to solve a WordPress glitch or whatever um, on one of my blogs if I can just pay somebody fifty bucks more or sixty bucks more and and have them take care of it? Yeah, there's a it reminds me of a certain passage with a book that I have, but I don't have on hand right now. I think it's on. It's called "On the Shortness of Life" by Seneca. Seneca was an ancient oh, yeah, yeah. philosopher, I think, of Stoicism, and it was like you know how. And I think he said a similar thing of how you know how how defensive or how protective we are of our money and our private property and our personal property, but how easily we fritter away and give away our time. And it does make me think, yeah, like we're. If you, if you take a look at modern society, you know, we all value money. We all value personal property. Don't damage my personal property. Then you go and dump your time into something. But that's a, yeah, that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, the whole point is you kind of save time by, um, by, you know, buying into that more expensive service where they'll take care of it for you and you have a peace of mind as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, like you can see this pretty much in all areas of life. It's like people will rather pay 50 bucks less and take a, take a flight that has to like transfer twice and, and, um, and takes whatever ten hours longer, five hours longer. Yeah. Um, in my case, of course, it's different because uh, <laughs> I'm an aviation enthusiast, and I typically choose more transfers than necessary, just just for the sake of it. But like for for a normal person, um, that doesn't really make much sense, right? Unless unless they value that the the money that they save more than the time that they waste. Mm. Which which I think to, to some extent is of course true. Like we all have some sort of limit. Like if if um if somebody told me he would save me one hour, but I'd have to pay him two thousand dollars for it, then of course, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but uh, but but I feel like a lot of people just don't realize where that threshold is, and kind of imagine that threshold being higher than it actually should be. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, so for example, I, f- I think one of the best examples for that actually is um, food delivery and takeout and and that sort of stuff. Okay. And it's like you, you imagine you go out to whatever you cook a meal for five dollars, let's say. Um, you can go out to a restaurant and eat for ten dollars, or you can get it delivered to you for fifteen dollars. Um, if you if you imagine that, then you're essentially paying like what five bucks per delivery or ten bucks per delivery. 
but if that saves you like 20 minutes of waiting time and like 20 minutes of going to restaurant and back and and then some extra time on top of that because you don't have to wash the dishes or things like that. Um, essentially, I think economically, it, it makes sense in a lot of cases to get takeout. Yet I feel like a lot of people treat takeout as luxury, for example. And um, and, and I guess, it, yeah, I, I guess it also depends though, because again, like in my case, for example, the more I work, the more I earn. But I guess if you have like a salary that's fixed for the month then and, and have no other option of earning extra income in, in the time that it saves you, then... Um, then it's maybe a bit more difficult to justify. Yeah. But I, I, but I think then that's what we're here for. Is um, I think everybody can have a side hustle and everybody can make it in a way where instead of doing something you don't enjoy, you can do something that you enjoy and potentially earn some money along the way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's take a quick break and do the funny products report and then jump into goals and the rest. All right, so here are my top three for the month of May. A bit unimpressive. <laughs> I don't have anything, anything as crazy I had as I had from the prior month. But the first one is a, there's someone bought a cassette player on Amazon. I, I didn't know that these things still exist. Can, can you remind me what year it is now? <laughs> the year is 2021. I think cassette players went out in like 2000s. We already had the CDs, right? We had CD players. I think so. I remember cassettes as a kid. I, yeah. I know that you need to um, rewind them with a, with a pencil. Yeah. Or you can, you can also stick it into a machine and press rewind. Yeah, you could. But this one is an interesting one because it has it's a USB, so you can connect it to your laptop, convert tape content into MP3, I guess. That's number one. Number two is someone bought the House of Medici, the Rise and Fall. All I know about, well, I don't know much about the Medicis, but like when, I, when reading that book, um, 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene, the author, mentioned uh, the Medicis multiple times. Like My understanding is that they were a very powerful family. Yeah. Back then. And for that reason alone, I'm curious to read about it and learn about the power dynamics and whatnot. So that's why it makes it to number two. Number three is Tokyo Storefronts, the artworks of Mateus Urbanowicz, Urbanowicz, or however you pronounce it. It's a I-Z, I-C-Z ending of the last name, probably Polish. But the book is very fascinating because it's just um, his paintings of various Japanese storefronts. But the paintings are done really, really well in all kinds of detail. Um, normally this is not a book that I would pick up. Normally this is not a book that I would pick up while I'm looking for my usual business books and whatnot. But nowadays I would reconsider it, like just to have it as a coffee table book. I don't know. Like it's a really good artwork. Obviously there's a lot of detail to look through and people seem to really like it on Amazon. So I chose it as a the third one. I think that's it. It's my, um, the, the product selection this time around is a bit more vanilla because that's all I've, that's the best that I could get. Yeah, I, f- I think the Tokyo Storefronts book book looks really cool. I was actually checking it out on Amazon Japan, but it's sold out there. But I might order it from, from the US Amazon. I think it's nice because, yeah, I, f- I think we always buy books to read, but I think it's also nice to have a few books that you can just kind of flip through Yeah. when you don't want to stare at the screen, but you also don't want to read. I have, yeah. I have a book called uh, Moonshots, and it's just a collection of photos from the from the Apollo era. I got it for my girlfriend for, I don't know, if it was last birthday or Christmas or something. And again, it's, yeah, it's nice to just, Take it out sometimes and and just flip through the photos and and this seems like exactly that kind of kind of book. The graphics look really nice or, or the drawing. Yeah. But um. But yeah, on my side, we've got three and the bonus item. So one is um, Medicare for Dummies, mm-hmm. a book that teaches people how to take how to get the most out of their health insurance, which I guess mm-hmm. it's important in the United States, where I'm maybe not as as friendly for people as it is here in Japan or in European countries. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe it's a good way to figure out how to 
how to get yourself treated without going bankrupt. Yeah. The second one, I guess, related to medicine too, is I got my COVID-19 vaccine, um, one and a half inch stickers. So, so it's a roll of 500 stickers. That's I did a lot of stickers. Yeah, I didn't know you can actually buy those. I thought they would just, um, yeah, I, I, I saw some people having these stickers and I thought they're just hanging them, handing them out at, um, at the vaccine center. So maybe it's like a, it's a pharmacy or a, um, one of those centers that yeah. purchase this? Because I, I kind of wonder who would need like a roll of 500 stickers. Yeah, probably. I, I also see they sell, um, I voted today stickers. Uh, I got my flu shot stickers. Maybe it's one of these printing companies that can print on demand. And so they're trying to cover like all the most popular topics and basis. Yeah. Profit off of that. But 500 is a lot for like, like I, you, know, if, you know, when you get your vaccine, you don't, and you want to buy a sticker in case you do. I'm not sure if anyone wants to buy a sticker because you probably get it for free. Yeah, I think this is targeted towards um, like pharmacies or yeah. clinics. There's two common ones, very satisfied. The other ones worked great, no problem. So it, it, it's stickers after all. So <laughs> I think too much can go wrong. Not a lot of purchases, right? Well, you can't tell, but like not a lot of reviews, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of reviews and you could uh, assume it's like a consumer good. But here it's probably more so bought by organizations and stores yeah, and exactly. pharmacies. Yeah, so, so that's the second one. And the third one is baby toilet lock. I've never seen this thing before. Maybe it's because I don't have a baby. But <laughs> but it, it's funny. It's like a... Um, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it's... Oh, okay. So you put it on the you put it on the toilet seat lid and there's like a, a bar that touches the toilet tank. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can't open the toilet lid because it's then pushing against the toilet tank. Um, so then you have to unlock it to, to open the toilet. And I guess the point is so that your baby doesn't fall into the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, but will, would a baby be able to climb up the toilet in the first place? It, it just needs to climb past the tipping point. <laughs> Well, you never know. And you never know, yeah. Better safe than sorry. I mean, for 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 thirteen dollars, you get you get two pieces, two packs. So it's six dollars per piece for per for for um peace of mind. Yeah, and probably well worth the money. Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about: money and time and, and baby proofing. Where money should kind of be at the bottom. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So so those are the three, and then a bonus. I guess my biggest sale of the previous month, and that is a nine hundred dollar outdoor chair and um and table set outdoor dining set which looks really nice expensive too 900 dollars. Yeah, i guess for the present but it looks it's one of yeah. those like it looks pretty heavy and um it's one of these chairs that can be easily moved in the rain or in the wind i mean like yeah it's, it's, it's sitting like outside a, on your patio it's like a proper metal set yeah. not, not like the really flimsy uh, light or the beach chairs it's really nice yeah whoever bought this thank you yeah i don't have anything to that level all right uh also last time we talked about books and maybe we should read one at the same time and talk about what we're pulling out of it like a, do a monthly book club type of thing yeah yeah i, f- I think that would be really cool um do you have any suggestion i, I know i sent you a book or two to be honest it, i think you sent me one on personal finance oh yeah i, f- I think one was the power of money okay i don't uh, oh sorry the, the psychology of money not the power of money i was looking earlier uh on books on tesla not the company nikola tesla the inventor to see if there's anything interesting here's an interesting one is this kindle only just caught my eye uh not necessarily rocket science a beginner's guide to life in the space age oh yeah i I have it right here on my top page by kelly garage yeah aerospace professional popular science communicator who's flown multiple microgravity research campaigns citizen scientists and space space suited human test subject the bad i'm reading one of the reviews the bad news is in the far far distant future earth our only home will be wiped out the good news is that an escape plan is within our reach by becoming spacefaring species in not necessarily rocket science. Kelly? 
sounds like yeah, Kelly Girardi advocates for not only working to expand their footprint in the universe, but she also shows how everyone, not just astronauts and engineers, have a role to play in the space age in which we now live. Not necessarily rocket science is a clarion call, not to just live in this era, but to be an active participant in humankind's journey to the stars. There's room for everyone on board. Well, it's, it's, this sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely up for this, for everything. Okay. And actually, the, the other day I was looking at my bookshelf and a lot of people would uh, complain about this, but I think all the books that are on my bookshelf are written by men. Yeah, I think this would be a great book to, to um, try out. All right, let's order a copy. I hope they I hope they have at least two. Or I guess you can get a Kindle book. Yeah, I can get a Kindle book. Hard. There's also another book called The New Right Stuff. Yeah, that seems like, I, I saw it in the recommended here. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a, they're playing off of the right stuff. Yeah, this is this is going to be some motivational. Whether your mission is to be the first person on Mars or to be an awesome steward of spaceship Earth, this book will help train you to be effective, present, and connected in your personal and professional. Wait, Loretta Whiteside takes you on a deeply personal journey to be the person you've always wanted to be, whether your mission filled with stories across the space industry, exercises, and assignments will guide you. Let me see what's inside. Seeking, seeing your blind spots, power of Star Wars. I mean, if it has, let's see, what, what are the reviews? Solid life lesson story inspiring, one of my favorite books. I mean, it has pretty good uh, reviews, to say the least. Oh, the polymath. But this book has also been sitting on like on the side, on the, recommend, on the recommendation bar. Which one? The polymath. But I know I probably know everything inside, like in this book, because I read another book on like learning how to learn. So I kind of feel like it would be a waste of time to read this book. But at the same time, that curiosity is still there. I think this is not necessarily rocket science good. You, okay, you want to do that? Yeah, if I order it now, it's going to arrive on June 16th. I'll, I'll buy it on Kindle. And I'll, I'll have it today or in the next minute or so. We're going to hit start. Yeah. And what are we doing? A chapter um, a month? Because I think that's kind of a slow pace. I think we can do a book a month. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but but we need to start. I, I guess we need to decide this one, and then we also need to next, decide pretty quickly the the one after because to get these books in Japan it, it takes forever. Just looking at a like on Amazon Japan, it ships within three to four days, but then I think it comes from overseas. Yeah, but it's gonna take like. If I order it from weeks. the US, it arrives on Wednesday. You can, but isn't the shipping extremely expensive? No, shipping is like ten bucks. Really. Yeah, at the end of the day, when you go to like the bookstore that we keep talking about, yeah, and when you order from Amazon US, including shipping, it doesn't make much difference. I realize. Oh wow! Because the shipping is always like ten bucks. So you may as well go to Amazon.com instead of Amazon.co.jp. Yeah, exactly. That's what I realized the other day. Huh? Because like, that way you have instant access to pretty much any book. Yeah. Because the Amazon JP selection is really limited. Especially now, it it used to be much better, but now it's really bad. I don't know why? I think there there's they do have like printing service that's available here. So for like books that I think have been written more recently, or at least soft cover books, if um, I think I don't know how the process works, but for the majority of the books that I purchased recently, like in the back it says printed by Amazon.co.jp in Japan. So they have a printing service or a fulfillment service, again, a fulfillment service of their own. But oh, I don't know if that applies to all books. Obviously, it can't apply to hardcover books. Yeah. But I think that is a thing. But I don't, then, then again, I don't know. Like Maybe it's also like a partnership or an agreement between the author or the publisher. Yeah. Amazon. Interesting. Yeah, I was like reading through this on the con. Apparently, well, like the, the one thought that it gives me is like, you know, like I could just write some stuff up, save a document, send it to Amazon, publish a book. And that's it. Yeah. But of course, the, it's as simple as that. But well, it's not simple because I don't know what I what I would even write about. <laughs> but it seems like getting it done, the the fulfillment part is the part. I should write a book, but I don't know what I would write about. I don't know what I would write about anyway. All right, it's it's on its way. All right, let me then 
in that case, where's my Kindle? Boom. Or don't tell me I have to charge it. <laughs> All right, here, I'm also looking at Amazon Japan, not necessarily Rocket Science. Yeah, I, th I think it's better to order it from Amazon US because it gives you at least a, a solid arrival. Yeah. I was just looking like to see if there is a paperback format. Yeah, that doesn't for paper. Because if it's paperback, then they could probably print it locally. But yeah. All right. I'm buying it on Kindle then. Yeah. So so I, I guess let's catch up every every month on the books that we that we read. I think it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm really interested. I'm really um curious to see what the differences are gonna be in terms of like which part we highlight and, and which which part we parts we find interest and so on yeah all right and i don't know like i i as much as i want to do personal finance you know the how-to books i think the stories stick better yeah i think so like uh i don't know like i i hate to say it as a marketer why well, I, I know i'm saying it as a marketer i know that stories work better than step one do this step two do that yeah i, I think so. all right all right so let's uh let's chat about this next time Hopefully it arrives on time and stuck in the Pacific Ocean or something. <laughs> All right. And what about goals for next month? That's a good question. Um, yeah. So so for me, I'm going to take it a bit easier because um, again, my dad's coming, I think, on Tuesday yeah. for, for about a month. I think he'll be here. So uh, I'll be spending some time there. Um, but yeah, let, let's say I'll, I'll, I'll definitely continue to publish nine times per week on the three sites as, as usual. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one. I mean, it, it helps grow the sides. And two, there's also the writers and, and so on that kind of expect to work on a regular basis. So I yeah. think that's good. Um, two, I'll, I will publish at least 20 or 30 articles on the on the dog side, on the new side. Or you got to edit out that it's a dog side. Or do it's, you want to edit that out? It's, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> try, try to find my dog side among the hundred oh, thousand dog sites dog out there, yeah. out there. steal my secret um, steal the secrets of a website that isn't even ranking yeah wh whoever finds it gets a gets one year of hosting for free <laughs> and i think i will um the, the goal will be to stick with um with one video per week on youtube because because i think this month it will be a bit more challenging because of the different things but um i'll stick, still aim to stick with it okay how about you all right. Um, I'm actually writing this down in your Notion document. So I'm going to do one email lead magnet, six articles total, four old, two new, as per my usual flow outside of our heavy months. And I think just to make it more fun for myself, 25 content updates for old uh, articles, which means that I will go through, um, I have a lot of old content that I posted between 2012 and 2015 or 16, even 17. Yeah. Even 18, where I have not <laughs> followed like, the standard SEO practice of like using H2s. For example, let's say I have like an article, have an article on like, you know, X ways to say Y in Japanese or X ways to say Y in Russian. Yeah. And like one, two, three, four, five, each of these should be in H2s. Yeah. They're not. And I mistakenly put like um, the article's title inside the article. You know, there's a <laughs> title up top. Then I, you know, there's the intro. Then I put again the title again. Like, so let's jump to the blah, blah, blah. And that's h 2 which is stupid. So I have things like that. And I'll, I'll do 25 content updates. Um, I think that's not stupid. Sometimes I do that where, where the article is like, whatever, how to, how to use scissors. And then I'll have a bunch of like different subtopics and then have a section called how to use scissors and then have subsections with like the step one, step two, step three. But, but then I think it would still need to be like H3 or something for the yeah. phrases in your Plus, you know, Google will look for the headered content yeah just, you know the layout of the article and if my article title is like top top x ways to say why in a certain language then the google probably assumes that elements one two three four five and six are the are the ways to say it yeah right. exactly yeah so especially nowadays with their um when they have like the snippets at the top of the search with 
yeah. with the list and so on. I think it's good. But but it sounds to me like you you need a virtual assistant for because what was it last time we were talking about the um oh the, the Pinterest images or something yeah and also this sounds pretty repeatable if it's yeah. something you have like many articles well uh, that's a good point maybe this is one of these areas where I'll have to I'm still stuck in the trees and not seeing the forest <laughs> just yet because this is this, this is my side hustle yeah you you can get really good at cheap people for for this so. yeah yeah. I'll, I'll need to, I'll need I'll need to get like a a write up of how the process works and how to open up my website to someone else to work on. Yeah. So they don't mess everything up. <laughs> Who knows? A crash course in working with an assistant. But but yeah, I, I think especially the content updates is it's, it's really important because if the asset is already there, then why not optimize it and try to squeeze out as much of it as as possible? Yeah. And I yeah I I keep thinking about that and I but then I always end up preferring new content for somebody. Sounds like you need a VA to help you out with that. <laughs> no. I think in my case, it's it's not really about um, H2s and H3s. I think those are, those my VA is doing and those are fine. It's mm-hmm. more about maybe um, just going back, looking back at the at the competition, maybe adding some sections, deleting some sections, maybe even rewriting some piece of content. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll have to come up with some process for that because I'm also sure there's articles that um that have no traffic. Mm-hmm. Where it might be more beneficial just to delete the article and pay somebody to write the article all over again. Really. Why do that? I feel like with Google, to to an extent, it's like throwing spaghetti at a wall or whatever, however yeah. you say it. And you, again, you don't, you'll never know what sticks. Yeah, though. exactly. And seeing what sticks. And if it doesn't, I, again, I, I haven't tried this, so I, I don't know. But my feeling is that it might be better to just delete the article, have it written by somebody else in kind of slightly different style and publish it as a new thing mm-hmm. and see if Google catches it or not. Okay. Because again, it, it, it might just be that Google just, uh, <laughs> for some reason, for one reason or another, decided to ignore that article. But maybe if it's slightly different, or maybe if it's um, deleted and published again, or whatever, maybe it will catch on. Who knows? Yeah. So it's just an experiment. Yeah, I guess it's more of an experiment than a, than kind of a, an effort to to get everything done. But I think it's a worthwhile experiment. Yeah, because it, it it kind of to me it sounds like if you already did the work and the content exists, but maybe the content is not exactly ranking. Part of me wonders if it's a little wasteful to delete it. Maybe there's another way to improve it or repurpose it somehow. But to like completely nix it, I mean, yeah, no, if it has to be nixed, it should be nixed or whatever. <laughs> but it still makes me wonder. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question, actually, because the other solution might be to keep the content, but maybe modify the keyword that you're targeting in a way hmm. and maybe go for something lower competition or something. And uh, yeah, because I, I think um, you were mentioning to me the other day that you feel like sometimes you just go after keywords that are too competitive. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that might be the case with some of mine as well. Maybe I should kind of tone down on the type of keywords that I'm going after. Yeah. And maybe like if it's if I have an article that's how to use scissors, then maybe I can just repurpose it to something like um, how to use scissors to to cut paper or whatever. Just something that's a bit more. I wonder if people search for that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised yeah. what people search for. <laughs> yeah, like with my, with my new site, and I think even now with my older sites, like back in. Maybe like some years back, I was like, you know what, let me try and rank for more competitive stuff and see if I can do it. And if I do it, there's no harm done. Yeah. If I don't, I mean, if I don't do it, there's no harm done. But at the same time, it's like, it's still being careful as to where you channel your energy. And some of these things don't pick up and you put put a lot of work into them. It's a little, yeah, it's also a little sad. I was also thinking the same thing, you know, because back in the day when like when I was working on my site and I was going for really low hanging fruit. Yeah. 
I was really careful and meticulous about what to pursue, what not to pursue. Nowadays, I'm much more like brash. I'm like, let's do this, this, and this. But with that brashness, it's like I'm not, I'm not exactly looking up the keyword to see where what the competition is like, you know. Yeah, and, I think yeah. I think I got a bit less picky with um, choosing keywords too, and I think part of it is just because I guess now the site makes essentially now the site is profitable. Yeah. And I guess it's more like okay, so I, I make X amount and X amount of that I spend on content. And yeah. then every additional piece of content is every potential kind of doorway into the site. Yeah. And also, I guess a lot of the lower hanging fruits I've already um, captured. Yeah. So you kind of just have to go wider and wider. But uh, but yeah, I, I think over time though, as as the site grows and um, gets older and perhaps gets more links, um, even those articles that you couldn't rank for before, maybe you start ranking for them. So I don't think it's a complete win. Yeah. But you rank faster with the uh, smaller stuff. And a more niche, yeah, long-scale keywords. Um, yeah, so so um, I, I guess those are our go- our goals, and uh, let, let's see mm-hmm. where we get. Um, it, it's already June sixth, so it's not like we have the full month to get yeah to get to the finish line. It shouldn't uh, be too hard, but should be possible. It's not exactly a stretch goal time. Yeah, exactly. I think it's most operational um, standards more than goals. Yeah, it's something we try to try to get done every month. Um, how's your traffic doing these days? Because there's been a new Google update apparently earlier this week. Well, the old site is for like the past few months was on a steady downslope, like week on week. I'd log in and see like, oh, down one percent, oh, down three percent, oh, down four percent. So this week on week, um, it was down May May thirtieth, May thirty first, June. As of June for June second, it's up one point one. June third, up four point seven percent week on week. June fourth, up four point five percent week on week. Saturday, yes, yesterday, June fifth, up. 4.6. So it's like, I feel like there's like a slight lift the moment it hit June 2nd. Yeah. So I guess that's some good news. Yeah. My second site, I don't really pay attention to much, but it seems to be doing fine. And the newest, the newest one, take a look. I think the newest one has always been on a up climb, but let's see. Seems like I could a, be wrong. There's a really nice jump on the on May 5th. And May. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Saturday. And the newest one is, looks like this. Hard to tell. It's still way too small and way too to like be able yeah. to uh, grasp much. But um, the active last 30 days graph is very interesting. It's a straight up uphill climb. Oh, nice. But still, it's so very low. 400 numbers. a month. Yeah. When did you start a set? Well, I pub- bought in like October, started publishing in November of 2020. Okay, so about half a year. Yeah. You have about 20 articles? Probably. Yeah, 20. I think it's decent traffic considering it's new and considering there's only 20 articles. Yeah, and the one that you suggested is the one that brings in the majority of traffic. Well, I, I guess I'm, I guess I've got some keyword research skills. Mm-hmm. How about yours? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, let's see, my, my newest site is kind of on a, you could probably call it almost a downtrend, but... Um, but again, it's it's still small and it's still young, so so I'm not really worrying about that. Yeah. My other side has seen a really nice bump on on May 22nd, and since then it's been around about stable at that level. So mm-hmm. it's so maybe like a 40 percent um, increase. 40 percent increase is a lot. Yeah, but that's after quite a drop. It's okay. but it's still good. And then my my big side. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been about stable for the last um, one month. It was really hit by an algorithm update on around April, I think, um, mm. where the traffic dropped like pretty much fifty percent. Yeah, which, which hurt, <laughs> but it, it's stable there at this point and slightly increasing even you could say. So um, yeah, as long as it stays stable, I'm I'm fine with it, and it will grow over time. It's good, but uh, hopefully there's no 
um, minus 50% update mm. rating. Because because I think that that's another thing is like how volatile these sites are. Yeah. It's like you get hit hit with minus 30, 40, 50% twice in a row and you're down to like what? One quarter of where you were. Yeah. So I guess, that, so, I guess that, that's for the people that are thinking of quitting the quitting their job after their site starts making three, four, five thousand dollars. Certainly livable amount, but I don't but I don't think it's stable enough for you to do that. So you could say that this last uh, Google update didn't knock you out for the first time. Yeah, the last one. Um I guess it's still rolling out, but so far so good, I guess. Which would all right, that sounds like good news. Maybe I'm getting on the better side of Google because yeah, actually I when I referred my keywords yesterday in the tracker. There were 43 that went down and 77 that went up. It was the first time in a while where the, the up keywords were like considerably more than the down keywords. Oh, wow. I should do that. That's the one thing I don't do. I don't track uh, my rankings for various keywords. Yeah, I think it's good to track it even because, um, again, it's, it's not like I'm using it practically. Like I should be going there and looking at, all right, these articles are ranking number four. What can I do to rank them number three or whatever? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's so much volatility that I think uh, for a lot of them, it's hard to determine whether the article is really ranking number four for most people or number three or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I use it more for kind of the general trend. So if my traffic drops in half and, and the rankings stay the same, then okay, it's probably it's probably holiday in the United States or something. Yeah. But if my traffic drops in half and I look at in the keyword rank um, tracker and it's all red with all keywords going down significantly, then then I know that, that it's it's Google update or something because the problem. Yeah. Well, not this time around. But yeah, I should, I, I should start tracking them. Because uh, I don't know what whatever goes up and down, it'll like eventually maybe I'll discover it through my own Google search, and then I'll realize I'm nowhere near the front page, and that's when it hits me. <laughs> like, oh, what happened there? I used to be number one. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this uh, episode. What is it? Fifty-two of the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast. Check out the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash e52 for Bluehost. It's a website buying service where you can buy your own dot com a domain rather where you can buy your own.com and publish your workout into the world if you want to start your own side hustle. Again, check out Bluehost at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E52. And this has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast. Talk to you next week. Oh, and Yuri, talk (laughs) to you next week.